This is your first place 2-0 undefeated 1972-ish Miami Dolphins. Miami Sports Podcast. Will Manso alongside Clay Ferrero, Dookie Lang, and guys after an offseason of doom and gloom and talking about if the national experts were right that this would be one of the worst teams in the league. The Dolphins somehow, someway or 2-0, beating the Jets on Sunday 20-12, not scoring a single point in the second half, turning the ball over, uh, not necessarily playing well on defense in the second half, yet the bottom line is they win. And, guys, I don't think there's really much room to nitpick that they're 2-0. I don't care how they've gotten there. They're undefeated. You know, Will, you said this last week, and it's kind of becoming a theme of this podcast. It's one of your great sayings. What is it? You never apologize for a win. I mean, they have two non-apologies and zero apologies. That's the way you – and that's – you know, and Clay, you and I have talked about it plenty. We, we all have is that the NFL is a league where there are maybe, what, five good teams, if that, four or five teams that you say – you look at you say, okay, wow, those teams are really good. Then there's like maybe well, – outside of the Bills who are in a league of their own. But there's like three <laughs> or four or five bad teams you look at and say, wow, those teams are bad. And then there's 20 teams you look at and say, okay, they're all going to battle it out. The Dolphins are one of those teams, and they're – Two and oh. It's 5.33, by the way, and on Sunday evening that we're recording this, and the Bills just had somebody literally retire at halftime. Yeah, that, that's, that's, <laughs> a, my former do, that's a former <laughs> Dolphin, by the way. Do you remember, was, was it the Dolphins hard knocks? Yeah, they shook him up. Yeah, where, where Vontae got Davis traded, got, traded. got traded, and he was very upset, and he told the Dolphins coach they had to call his grandma in like a very sad... What was the first thing he said? Hey, you're traded. Can I call my grandma? That was the first. I wonder if he called her, uh, called anyone when he quit or just decided to say, I'm going to quit. That tells you how bad the Bills are, Clay. The Dolphins are not that bad anywhere close to that bad. And I think what we're starting to see is they're not as close to as bad as I think the national media and some people, even some Dolphins, thought. Now, are they any better than what we thought, a middle-of-the-pack team? Maybe not. But at the moment, they're 2-0. Yeah, and as we said from the beginning, I, they're going to be somewhere between six wins and nine wins, and I, I think they're still on track for that. The good thing, though, is let's go back to 2016. I think you're starting to see a lot of similarities as far as uh, making fewer mistakes than the opponent. And the mm-hmm. thing that was really interesting to me watching this game, and I know I'm a geek, so maybe other people don't notice this sort of thing, I always think back to 2017 and just some of the silly stuff that they did over and over again. And... Unfortunately, on the national highlight reels, they can't show you good field position. They can't show you "quote unquote" complimentary football. What, what word terms. didn't you use today that you've been using a lot? Uh, penalties. Thank you. Yeah, you two have penalties. The, yes, you didn't have the boneheaded penalties right. that set you back in field position. Number one and down in distance, or you get a first down and it gets called back by penalty. We didn't see that on Sunday. Second game in a row in which they've won the turnover battle. I mean, look, it's not that hard in a league in which, as you mentioned, teams are so similar. That one mistake is going to decide the ball game one way or the other in most of these games. And look, in this game, the Jets had so many of them. You go back, the dropped passes by guys, the one by Christopher Herndon was was really bad on the sideline. What about the play right before the half? The play right before the half, you let know, the that clock was run out, just stuff. like Florida the state did against Syracuse. I mean, these are the types of things that are the differences between winning and losing. And, and the Dolphins, I think, were a little bit, this isn't a word, a little more better than that, than the Jets. I, I think it wasn't just one or two plays, but they they missed those one or two plays for all of 2017, and they made them in 2018 To so make far. you feel better, more better. Wasn't that a Spike Lee movie? More better blues? More better blues. Mo better blues. So, better blues. Mo so better. They were more better than this one. By the way, our sponsor today is always better than anyone. Vera Motors, when you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation, and I promise you there is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac Buick, GMC Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 
three years for the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac Buick GMC. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines, and that stadium is where the Dolphins will be looking to look to move to 3-0 and next Sunday against the Raiders. I cannot let this podcast go on one more second without giving some love to Frank Gore because, oh, absolutely. number one, he picks up what looks like a routine seven, eight-yard run, but becomes number four on the all-time list rushing. All-time. NFL history. NFL history. Passes Curtis Martin. Jets great. In the Jets, you want to make that a little rivalry thing. And then the deciding play, when the game was still in doubt. Third and 19. Third and 19. The Dolphins take a timeout, and we were all sitting there basically saying, like, just run. Just just do the smart play. Do the safe play. Run. Play field position. You're up by eight. Pin him back. Make Sam Darnold go 80 yards and convert a two-point conversion. And... Frank Gore gets you that 19 yards. I mean, that that was the deciding play of the game. So he makes the deciding play, and he moves up in history, and he got the game ball. Uh, Tom Garfinkel, the CEO of the Dolphins, posted that he got the game ball, and mm-hmm. I think, I, th- so. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I as much as much as the Jets' mistakes are the story of the game, and 2-0 is the story of the game, I just didn't want to go any further without giving Frank Gore his love. Kane, Gables high, just amazing oh, stuff. The 3-19 was spectacular because I think we were all thinking, oh boy, here we go again. It's going to be down to the Jets with the ball inside the 20 with 35 seconds left with a chance to potentially tie the game and, and break the Dolphins' hearts. And Gore just took a ball that was at his, I mean, shoelaces because Tannehill kind of worked around. I didn't even think he caught it. Yeah, at first I thought it might hit the ground. Tannehill uh, had a clean pocket, but then it was getting pressure. Saw Gore in front of him, kind of flinged it quickly before he got hit, threw it low. Gore then... Like a real, I mean, like this is why you have him there. As a veteran, Clay goes exactly 19 yards. Doesn't come up short. Doesn't try to juke anyone or make moves in the open field. You see a lot of guys sometimes in the open field, they see guys coming, they start running sideways Mm -hmm. because they're thinking they can get more yards. No, no, no. Gore on a beeline said, I'm going straight to that 19 yards that I need and I'm going to get it. And he did. That's why he's here. That's why they want him and love him. And he could take all the days off he wants during the the practices and during the the season because moments like that, he makes big plays. Yeah, and by the way, you still saw Kenyon Drake making some some big plays as well. I think the thing with Gore is you need that steadying influence, and this is a locker room that has lacked that over the last couple of years, and, and clearly that was part of the uh, the cleansing that they did in the offseason is they wanted to break – you heard culture. You heard the, the word culture over and over again, and Frank Gore is certainly a part of that. And that, that doesn't just mean coming to work and working hard, but also getting smart players in the room. And Frank mm-hmm. Gore is just one of those guys that between the amount of years that he's played and then just natural God-given ingenuity, he is a brilliant football player, and, and he's just got this, this knack for, for doing the right thing. And – all credit to him for that. Um, not, I, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of things that need to improve going forward. And and one of the things that I think largely went ignored because the Dolphins won, Ryan Tannehill did not play well. And and he made a couple of nice runs, but I, I want to say he uh, the total net yards passing was 122 yards mm-hmm. passing and yeah. missed some throws. Pocket awareness was not good. Uh, on the flip side, I guess it's good that you know that can improve and you can be better. And he ran the ball. He, he ran, ran the, the ball, ball well, and you and needed I, that. And it, Clay, I want you to keep going. This is where you and I have this discussion about stats. Yes. In an offense like this where it's a lot of dink and dunk, the quarterback rating and the stats will look good. His quarterback rating was phenomenal today. It was 
120, 130 range. It was where you say to yourself, man, that's a great game. But when you look at the quality of the plays, you know, he threw, I think, you know, 20 passes, whatever it was, for 121 passes that he threw, completed 16 of them, whatever it was, for 168 yards and a couple touchdowns. The one touchdown by Albert Wilson was the one where he threw it a few yards. Wilson took it to the house 29, had the nice time, found A.G. Derby. But as you said, missed Wilson a couple times, including one a bomb that would have been a touchdown that put the game away. Had the one play where he was rolling out, running, just lost control of the ball. The Jets recovered. Had another one where his awareness wasn't good and fumbled. Stats can be misleading. He left a lot of plays out there. And as you said, in a way, that's a positive because you would hope that as the season progresses, he gets more comfortable. He gets to, you know, he's playing again for the first time in a long time. He'll start hitting those plays. And and I'm looking at the numbers right now. He had 168 yards passing, but 122 yards net because he took 46 yards in sacks. And it's different when your offensive line is just getting beaten over and over again. And so you get sacked four times, but maybe you threw it away four or five. You know, Mm -hmm. that it was just a matter of the offensive line not doing its job. No, this was Tannehill with poor pocket presence at times. And uh, that's something. Knock on him for a while. It has, it has. And, th- and this goes back to you need to be able to make the plays that are there, but also understand when you just need to get rid of the ball. And again, the positive is that hopefully these things can be improved on. The flip side of that is this is the same thing we've been talking about for a long time. So there is a lot that I think if you. If you're a negative person, then you see the glass half empty, then you're like, okay, well, this isn't going to sustain itself. If you're a positive person, okay, the more comfortable these guys get, then this is going to improve. And, you know, like the deep ball to Albert Wilson. Those guys, this is just their second game together playing regular season football. So you would hope that that sort of chemistry evolves like it did between Tannehill and Kenny Stills, and it gets better over time. Now, a question for you, Clay. Do you think, and, and this to you as well, Will, do you think his lack of pocket presence, awareness, these things you're talking about, is this something he just doesn't have? I mean, he's been there six years. Or do you think there's a factor of, and I'm not making excuses for anybody, but heading into the season, he had not played a regular season game since 2016. That's almost two calendar years. We're talking two knees, two knee injuries, one knee surgery. There could be, I expected during this offseason, for there to be an element of rust. Okay? I d- First of all, a, a bunch of new faces on offense. He lost his security blanket in Jarvis Landry. He's got Amendola, who's new. He's got Gesicki, yeah, right? I don't even know I if he played it. today. He, you know, Kenyon Drake's now his primary. So everything's different, it. and he hadn't played. So is this a case where in eight weeks it's going to look totally different because he's going to settle into comfort? Or is Ryan Tannehill just a quarterback who has no pocket presence? This is to Clay's point, which I think you touched on, is I think the pocket awareness has been an issue for Ryan since his rookie year, and it's it showed its ugly head a couple years ago, even when they played well. You saw it again today on Sunday. You saw it with, with again, not feeling that pressure, knowing to throw it away. The the I guess the way to fix it is not necessarily that he's going to get pocket presence. It's that he's just going to get better pocket protection. Mm-hmm. And when you see him in the pocket today, for instance, the A.J. Derby touchdown, drops back, surveys the field, looks around, has a clean pocket, has, sees Derby in the end, so throws an absolute strike mm-hmm. for a touchdown. That's good Ryan Tannehill. Yes. That's give him protection Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, the bad Ryan Tannehill is when he's rushing things a bit, maybe doesn't see the field, and as he's looking down the field, running around a little bit, he's not feeling that pressure, gets sacked. One time it was the the one where he fumbled where he just lost it. The other time he got hit. Fortunately, the Dolphins recovered. So to answer your question, David, I don't know if it's an issue where Ryan's going to improve on that. 
I think this is why the Dolphins felt better about their offensive line. The sitting injury hurt. We, I think we felt it a little bit today in watching it that the Dolphins are going to miss Josh Sitton, especially as the competition gets tougher and tougher throughout the season. But if this line gives him time, there's no reason Ryan Tannehill can't find these guys running around the field. And as you said, as he gets more comfortable with these guys, finds them in stride and doesn't miss on the opportunities he did on Sunday. Yeah, and to answer your question, Dukey, I, I think it's you could see some incremental improvement because of getting more used to the guys that he's now playing with. But... Again, I go back to you ultimately revert to who you are. And this is kind of when a whole bunch of people were saying, well, Ryan Tannehill towards the end of 2016 was starting to look like a pro bowler. You know, He's just taking that huge next step in the Adam Gase offense. Well, no, Tannehill has shown throughout his career these, these peaks and valleys. And again, when he gets really good protection or the team has a lead and they can uh, throw on, on on rushing downs and vice versa, then yeah, he looks really good. But the problem is when you go up against a good defense like the Jets have, this is kind of what you see. So I think maybe you see some incremental improvement, mm-hmm. but I don't think you're, you're going to see a quantum leap as far as the, the pocket presence goes. And I, I, we could talk about this for a half hour, so I know we won't, but... I do see some similarities between Ryan Tannehill and Malik Rozier. I think you have similar players in that they're kind of in that middle tier in their relative conferences as far as quarterbacks go. I think you have two players who can make plays with their legs and are probably most effective when they're doing that because not only can they run well, but they can also cause the linebackers to take a false step. But then also when the pocket starts to break down, they show some issues, and I do think there's some similarities between those two players, and that's for a different pod, maybe down the line. Hopefully, when we're talking about them both playing for conference yeah, championships, yeah, in the playoffs but, and, yeah. and, and, and in an ACC title game for Rozier, yeah, that would be great. And I think as a Dolphin fan, you got to look at Tannehill and say to yourself, he is what he is, and we should be happy with it. Uh, he's healthy. He's, I think, fairly productive. He could certainly play better. I think he left some plays on the field, uh, but they win the game. Now, on the defensive side, I thought this was the positive of the day. I thought the defensive line played well well enough. The Jets, you knew they were going to come and try to run the ball. They were going to try to run with Crowell and Powell and try to pound you with it. Let Donald then move around and find some of these playmakers. And by the way, Jets have some nice players. They're far from being a good team, but you see why they love Sam Donald. And the Dolphins, credit to their defense, I know people are going to say, well, oh, it's the Jets. The Jets stink. They've got a rookie QB. I don't think the Jets stink. I certainly don't think Sam Darnold stinks, and I don't care if he's a rookie or not. He, he did some rookie things on Sunday, but he also did some things where you said, wow. Yo. Like your jaw just dropped. Like, man, he was throwing just dimes, these perfect passes in tight spots and on the run and facing pressure. And he was knocked around and picked off and pushed around and would get up and make plays. And I don't think there's anyone here think that if Sam Darnold gets that ball back, that he doesn't at least get the Jets in position to tie that game, meaning inside the 20, 30-yard line with a chance to possibly score a touchdown and a two-point conversion. He would have made the throws, but his receivers would have dropped Yeah, him. or fumbled them. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the point, because the Jets are Sam yeah. Darnold's best throw of the day, in my opinion, was one that wasn't even caught. It was like a third and 17. Pryor, yeah, and, inside the five. And he, and he threw just an absolute in between laser two Dolphins between two defenders. Yeah. What was amazing was... Okay, so let's talk about it as a positive for the Dolphins, and then let's talk about the Jets for one second. As a positive for the Dolphins, I thought they were very opportunistic, and that's what you need to be as a defense, and they showed that in week one, and they showed that in week two, and if that's going to be the trait of this defense, they're going to win games because, yes, you have a rookie quarterback making bad throws because rookie quarterbacks make bad throws, but if you don't pick those throws off, 
you're not going to get the opportunities. So I thought the defense, especially, I thought the biggest play of the game was in the second half, the the Jets, which, of course, the Dolphins score their third touchdown before the half, miss the extra point. So it's 20 to nothing at the half. The Jets come out and score touchdowns. What do they do? They miss the extra points. You're like, oh, boy. So the Dolphins come back. Ryan Tannehill sacked and fumbled. So now it's more like he lost control of the ball. Lost control of the ball, careless with the ball. Jets now have the ball down by two touchdowns and all the momentum in the world on their side. And Xavier Howard picks off Sam Darnold. That interception yeah. right there was like kind of settled the game yeah, because because the Je- I mean I thought the Jets missing the extra point messed up their momentum because I mean at that point it should have been twenty to thirteen. It's you right, got twelve yards That's away. Exactly. You should finish that drive easily. It was the first play following the mistake. So the combination of and this is why as as much as I think that the the Dolphins defense had an opportunistic performance. The Jets are were just spectacular at shooting themselves in the foot. The before the before the half to come away well, the, with the, no the, points the was unconscionable. I mean that's that's how does that happen? No awareness. Like of course you go down the middle of the field. They're going to give you the middle of the field because you have no timeouts. Well, then he comes up a so, yard short. Doesn't even stretch for it. So that former King Christopher, Christopher Hernan just kind of stuck there at the one. Like dive out there with the ball to get to get no points on that is ridiculous. Then. You get Ryan Tannehill coughing up the ball, and you throw a pick. I mean, those those two plays alone decide 99% of football games. Yeah. You can't make those two plays that the Jets made. Yeah, you can't win a that's game. It. You can't, you can't win a game like, no matter, And no matter, let's face it, the Dolphins did not score a point in the and, second half. And despite so. the Jets doing that, but for Frank Gore making that play on third and 19, you're talking about Sam Darnold with the ball and a chance to drive down the field and tie the game. That gives you an idea of, while you might be excited, that's well, how... You know, you don't apologize for a win, but... Uh. This will give you an idea as well, and I think the next three weeks will give us an idea. The next three weeks, the first two weeks the Dolphins have had to face a a Marcus Mariota that got hurt and then didn't play anymore, and a Blaine Gabbert that, you know, is Blaine Gabbert. Then they had to play today a rookie in Sam Darnold, who I think we all agree is impressive as heck and is going to be probably a star in this league in a very short time, but is a rookie, had some issues today on Sunday, uh, uh, with defense disguising a defense, DJ McDonald made a great play, tricked them into a bad pass, uh, got hit a lot. Again, showed a lot of poise, but is a rookie playing in his second NFL game, making his home debut in the number one media market. He handled it well, but he, he is, again, a rookie. Next three weeks, you get, you get Derek Carr, you get Tom Brady, who's in a league of his own, and you get Andy Dalton, who's a guy who's been to six, what five, six playoffs in the, in, during his NFL career, and is a pretty darn good quarterback. Maybe not elite, but a pretty darn good quarterback. I think we'll get a better idea of just how good the Dolphins' defense could be in these next three weeks because these are quarterbacks that, unlike the first two weeks, when mistakes are made, they'll make you pay. They'll finish a drive and they'll make you pay. Absolutely, and uh, along those lines, when you're going back to talking about this this Dolphins' defense and how they played on Sunday, I think the thing that stood out to me, and by the way, this is probably the the two biggest surprises to me, were how the Dolphins' offensive line is played, but also how those young linebackers have played, and also Kiko Alonso. And when Kiko you go played back, well on Sunday. It, it, you go back to the preseason and the big problems that the Dolphins had stopping the run. And again, look, I know preseason is preseason. You can't take much from But they were mistakes by these linebackers. These were linebackers coming up, filling the wrong gap, not knowing where they're supposed to be. In a very quick amount of time, those linebackers have figured out where they're supposed to be on these running plays and made the plays, and they deserve a lot of credit. And I know, Will, you and I talked about this a little bit on the on the Facebook Live after the game, but 
Minka Fitzpatrick has changed the way this defense plays, especially in the middle of the field. You're no longer, as a Dolphins fan, expecting the other team to come up with 100 yards receiving out of their tight end anymore. And and that's a testament to him. That's a testament to those young linebackers playing well, recognizing what's in front of them. Uh, but I think you also got to give Matt Burke a ton of credit with what he's doing with this team right now. So all the way around, um, I've been impressed. Again, show me the next couple of weeks. Yeah, as with anything, you learn as the season progresses, but it's much more fun to learn about a team as they win than to learn about a team when they lose. If the Dolphins are 0-2 losing two close games and we're talking about these similar issues, we still have that that feeling of, oh boy, this is going to be a long year, they're 0-2, but they're 2-0. So they've made this mis- these mistakes, they have some issues to clean up, but they're still 2-0 with some tougher games coming up. Remember our sponsor today, Vera Motors, when you spend your hard-earned money on a car, Go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years for the best deal in South Florida, the best service. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. So the bottom line of what we learned on Sunday and what we learned in the first two weeks is what? What what are your main takeaways as you look ahead with the Raiders coming to town? Again, a quarterback who's had some success in the league in Derek Carr, uh, John Gruden, the whole storyline there. This team isn't very good by any stretch of the imagination, but they do have some playmakers in Marshawn Lynch, and it'll be interesting to see the way they match up with the Dolphins. Hey, look, if I and we were going to sit here for the last few months and rip on this Dolphins team for all the mistakes that they made, I got to sit here and give them just as much credit for not making those mistakes in the first two games of this year and winning the ball game. So, you know, I I can't equally, I I have to equally yell as loudly in praise as I did in ripping them for, for the last year plus. So, that's my big takeaway is give this team a ton of credit. This offseason change has made a big impact in these first two games at least where you're not seeing the the silly mistakes. You're not seeing the turnovers uh, to the same level as the opponent. And, and that includes a game where they had to play for seven hours and, and keep their minds right. So I give them all the credit in the world. Talent-wise, physically, they are who we thought they were. And and hopefully they're able to, to win these close games because you know you're going to see more of them as the year goes Absolutely. on. And uh, you'll probably but, see one against the Raiders. I think there's no question yeah. next week is probably a game that, like the first couple in the fourth quarter, is not decided, and you got to make a key play and avoid a big mistake. And Dolphins have done it so far in these two games, and can they do it again next week against the Raiders? It's something that we'll learn as we go along. Now, I, I will say this. Adam Gase talked a lot about that culture and about he likes the guy in his, guys in his locker room. They're kind of backing it up so far. You don't you know, have parades because you beat – the Titans without Marcus Mariota and all banged up and in a seven-hour marathon with the lightning delays, and then you beat a Jets with a rookie QB and, and a team that's not very good. Sure, I'm not going to get a parade going, but I will say this. Would you have been shocked that the Dolphins were 0-2 right now? No. I, no. I, I, but they're you not. Know, they're 2-0. Look, Adam Gase's first year, one of the big takeaways from that year for me, just observing it, was everything kind of broke right for the Dolphins that year. I'm not saying that they didn't take advantage of it, but – it just seemed like every time they right. played a team, the other team's starting quarterback happened to be out. It was kind of one of those charmed years where you're like, they feel a little fraudulent, but you know what? They're a playoff team, so you have to give them their credit. Um, I don't think they would mind that happening to them again. I'd take a fraudulent playoff <laughs> I, team any day I, I think, over, over a team expected to go 4-12. and 12. I, I think they would be delighted if they could pick up seven or eight more 
fraudulent-ish type wins. I mean, so far, <laughs> what do you take away from it? Well, week one, you had the longest game in NFL history featuring two lightning delays. The other team's starting quarterback, left tackle, and starting tight end got hurt. Uh, and you won by a touchdown in a game where you had a 102-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. So that was week one. And week two, you played a 21-year-old, the guy just old enough to drink, uh, quarterback, mm-hmm. making his home debut, who, in a game where you made a lot of mistakes, and you still you were able to take advantage of it. So that's good. Um the other thing is you can't pick your division, right? You can't choose what division you're in. So the reality of the Dolphins division right now is there is the Patriots. And they're gonna, but the Bills are the uh, complete opposite. Who, of who they're going to have to deal with. There are the Bills who should be two wins, and now you've already won at the Jets' place. So if you've already won at the Jets' place, you take care of business at home, you take care of your two games against Bills, there's four wins right there. You basically need five more wins in your schedule, and you're probably going to be in the playoff hunt. So... It doesn't matter how empirically good you are or how objectively no, good you are or how statistically good you are. If you win ugly and you win by mucking it up and, and finding a way to, to, to win these types of games, the type of game we saw on Sunday, the type of game we saw in week one where it wasn't a work of art, but whatever, it was a win. Adam Gase and and Stephen Ross and everybody over in Davie will be very happy with it wasn't a work of art, but we'll take it. Eight, nine, that's, ten times this that's year. That's why I started saying so that the is, league is set up that way. Is that is that what this team is? Because yes. early indications are that's what they yes. are. But the the only problem with that, the only problem with that, not to throw you know cold water on it, is a hot pair of dice runs out. So at some point, yeah, at oh, some the point, breaks, yeah, the breaks obviously go. Look, that's that's what the league is. Though. At some point, you're gonna you're gonna now. Does but the question is, does it happen week eight, week sixteen when you're already in the playoffs, it'll or does happen. it happen Look, week five when you realize? Oh, it boy. may happen next week. Listen, the difference between a six and ten and a ten and six team in the NFL yeah. is literally five or six plays in the course of a season. A fumble you don't recover, or you do recover. A field goal that clanks off, that uh, the upright that goes in or doesn't go in. A penalty that doesn't go your way. Uh, an injury in a bad situation. That's the difference between that's that's why I said the Dolphins are in that pack of twenty or so teams, and when you look at that pack right now, a couple weeks in the season, they're one of the few teams in that pack that's two and zero. And on come the Raiders to town, and uh, we'll see what they bring next Sunday. As the Dolphins try to move to three and zero, then you got road games. You got the Patriots. You got the Bengals. We'll get a better feel of what they're going to be. But right now, we know what they are. They're two and zero, and the great Dolphins executive Bill Parcell always said. Parcell said, "You are." What your record says you are. Clay, you going to sing it again? You going to sing us no, out this sing week? Sing us out, please. Miami Dolphins. Number one AFC. Number one AFC. Still good. I didn't know if you were going to read the line. Or